This can't be part of the episode. <laughs> sure. It's not. It's not fun enough. <laughs> oh, well. All right. So it's New Year's Eve. Yeah. And we, we need to say hello. Are... This is oh, hello. Okay. All right. Yeah. Hello. Hey, what's up? <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks for listening. I didn't mean like hello to us. We've been talking for a minute, uh, Christians. <laughs> Somebody texted me this past week and said they hate that. They hate being called Christians. <laughs> well, you know and what? We hate yeah. them. Who is it? Well, that's well. Here's the thing: if nobody had said anything, I might have forgotten that I said that last week and m- moved on and started, you know, looking for something else to call us. But hearing someone say that it really it caught their attention to me is like. It's a pretty good name then. Um, yeah. Well, and here's the other thing, Jennifer or whoever it was. I don't know. <laughs> um, you didn't give us a better name. We That's asked, true. I we think, asked. weeks ago for a name and nobody submitted one. So you stuck with it. Christian. <laughs> um, but we're, we're so glad that you are tuning in. Even you, Jennifer. Um <laughs> <laughs> I hope that there is somebody named Jennifer who's a listener to the show to, who is who is a, a Christian, yeah, and is like now just so mad. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. No, actually, we we're using the name Jennifer because we're pretty sure there's not a Jennifer, but just in case there is, you know what you did to deserve this. Yeah, you we know, know all right. fifteen of our listeners. <laughs> um. So we're we're gonna have a kind of a special episode today. I think I've called every episode special for the last little bit. It's a special time, yeah, and this is They're a special, special. podcast. Uh, <laughs> we're <laughs> we're gonna get real normal and real boring again real soon. But as for now, this is another special episode. This is our New Year's, our 2021 predictions episode. I think we should call it our prophecy episode. Yeah. I think this is that the episode tracks. where we're going to uh, we're going to use our prophetic spiritual gifting to tell you, the listener, everything that is about to happen in 2021. So let's roll out a jingle and then get straight into my five predictions and Joe's five predictions for what is about to happen in 2021. Our prophecies. Preacher, what's the future? I can't handle any more surprises after a year of crisis man-eating tigers and oh yeah that thing about the virus preacher use your powers to tell me what can i expect i need a better year if it's not gonna be fair and i at least get some time to prepare all right, Joe. How was uh, how was Christmas? It was good. Christmas was good. Um, I or non-denominational Gwendolyn. Xmas. I don't know what you. <laughs> I don't know where you landed with all of that after the last couple of episodes. Yeah, Yule. I celebrate Yule. Yule. Um. Gwendolyn and I got each other coffee, and everyone that we know got us coffee. So <laughs> that was good. So we're set good. through January on the coffee. How long will the coffee last? Will it stay good long enough? Oh, it, we'll drink that in a couple of weeks. I got you. Easy. Yeah. Good, good. You got a problem. I got myself a gift um, that I'm really excited about, uh, but I haven't used it yet. It's... Uh, 
have you seen these like the boxes, the subscription boxes that you get once a month? I only bought myself one. I didn't buy CD of the month club. It's like a CD of the month club, <laughs> but it's a mystery of the month club. Okay. Uh, you get mysteries in the mail. Mystery like, like novels? No, like mysteries that you solve. They send you evidence and like a, a backstory, and you have to sleuth it out. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh wow! The one that I got is called the Deadbolt Society. That's the that's, company's name, not the name of the mist. The mystery is something about a museum. That's really great. It's very really cool. Great. It's. Are you sure you're not working for free for some private eye somewhere? <laughs> like, well, that's possible. Yeah. Well, that sounds super cool and not nerdy at all. Um, <laughs> I hope. I hope you and your. <laughs> I hope you and your mysteries have a wonderful time together. I um, plan. That's pretty cool. It sounds like the kind of gift that I could get for somebody, though. I'm going to... I'll keep that right? in mind. Yeah. It's yeah. a good gift. It's a good gift. You should try it out. Um, you know, or you could have friends, whichever yeah. one works better. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, like, who <laughs> are my friends? Of the month club. Who are the people that I know that I buy gifts for, mostly because I feel sorry for them because they don't have any friends. Right. Um, that's this would that's be the target for audience for the Deadpool Society. <laughs> <laughs> people that I would buy a cat for, except I don't know if they're a cat person. <laughs> yeah, um, like they might be allergic. <laughs> buy them a mystery of the month. It's <laughs> pretty good. Um, well, I uh, I got a few presents. I, I got yeah, nothing very exciting though. Nothing quite like that. I guess I should have bought myself something if I wanted something very exciting. You I think to. that's. I was yeah, kind of planning on it. Key. Like I, I was thinking about a couple of things. You like music related stuff probably some some gear that I might buy after Christmas anything that I ever want and I'm not I don't spend a lot of money but if I ever do it's on things that are so expensive that you couldn't possibly like ask somebody you know because my parents still I'm 34 my parents still want like a Christmas list for me <laughs> yeah right one year I guess I should just give it to them just be like here it is it's like three thousand dollars <laughs> <laughs> here's the well, here's the three things I want that are like twelve hundred bucks a piece. That's that is what I gave my my parents asked for a Christmas list also and I said can you buy Pay me for my college some this year? number of hours worth of a handyman <laughs> just like, <laughs> we got a handyman down the street whatever you you want to put towards him I'll put him to work <laughs> oh, that's so that's good. what they got me I'm excited that's, about it that's really exciting I have yeah. already put him to use yeah well cool. That's fun. My parents did buy me AirPods. How do I sound? Can you hear you me all right? You sound great. Yeah? Fantastic. They did do this. It's like a special episode. Yeah. I mean, the listener's not hearing me through my AirPods, but you are. Well, they Does probably... Makes it, the episodes... <laughs> makes the episode a little more special just for you, Joe. <laughs> um, you can thank Judy later. Uh so uh my christmas also is not over yet um it's still it's still in full swing we still have christmas trees up everywhere my kids are still playing christmas music downstairs right now yeah i can hear christmas music on the alexa and their other grandparents my my wife's parents are coming here in a couple of days to do do you do their 12th christmas. night do you 12th, do a 12th night? night party 
Do you take mm. down your tree? No. Do you know? No, no. I usually usually just have like a. It's more of an argument than <laughs> a party. I mean, I it's probably about twelve <laughs> nights after Christmas, uh, but we don't call it twelfth night, and it's, it's certainly not a party. But yeah, eventually we do take it down. Hmm. Um, that's a thing, though. You do like twelve days after Christmas. Yeah. You, well, you know, you have the twelve days of Christmas. My yep. true love gave to me. And then on the twelfth night, when your uh, house is full of birds, yeah, right. <laughs> then you invite all your friends over, and you get them drunk, and they take down your Christmas decorations. Interesting. Um, you know Shakespeare's play Twelfth Night, set at a Twelfth Night party. Huh. No, I've never heard of it before. That sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, almost as much fun as the argument we usually have. Yeah. About whether it's time to take it down yet, Same or whether story. I'm being careful well, now you enough. Know, January fifth. That's the that's the day. Okay. Take it down. Well, I can't do that because my my in laws arrive on the fourth. So January fifth is actually our second Christmas morning day. That's perfect. Get them they drunk. They can stay and let them get back. Things you have like. your last party on the fourth, <laughs> and then the next night you get them drunk and they take down your Christmas tree. That's it. That's huh. the whole thing. In order to get them drunk, I'm gonna have to sneak. A lot of liquor into something because they don't drink. Yeah, well, you can um. do it. All right. If they don't drink at all, like they don't ever, they nope, never nary a sip has crossed their lips. Well, they'll never know. You'd be like, mm, that's true. This this punch is pungent. <laughs> Must be the pineapple juice. <laughs> this punch is pungent. I guess I'll only have six more. <laughs> uh. So it's a it's a prediction episode, a prophecy episode. We're going to prophesy over uh, what is about to happen. 2020 was the most unpredictable year I think I've ever experienced. Um, I, I Not had for me. plans and goals. You knew it was coming. If yeah, if you are able to, oh, really see into the next year. I never even th- wasn't so bad. I never even thought to use my prophetic gifting. Um, <laughs> In that way before. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I had only used it for uh, much smaller purposes than that, but I should have. I should have seen this all coming. And uh, But fortunately for you, the listener, you're going to be able to see everything that's coming in 2021. Um, here it goes. And I think... Um, you going first? You I think something? I should go first. All right, you go first. Um... Let me see which one is where I'm going to start. Okay, I want to start with this. A little bit light. I predict, I hereby prophesy, that in 2021, bros, who we once called gym rats, Ah. people in tank tops with big, oily, greasy muscles. Calvinists, basically. Calvinists. (laughs) Who spend all of their time at the gym throwing iron around, getting jacked, will get super Pilates jacked instead because their gym is going to shut down (laughs) or they'll be afraid to go there and they'll be doing Pilates on YouTube instead and they will have some scary sexy glutes. Yeah. In Long lean muscles will be the look of 2021. It's, yeah, it's true. It's true. Lululemons will be the new suit pant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
which they kind of were in 2020. Flexibility is the new jacked. <laughs> that's a t-shirt. Uh, yeah, that, that's my that's my first prediction. Number one. Okay, cool. Number two. Um, I think that church. This is maybe even a little more. It might not be any more true, but it maybe is more serious. Uh, Yours are probably all going to be a little more serious. <laughs> I'm thinking that's, that's a good rhythm I really, for this. I bring I bring gravitas to the show. <laughs> um, and I bring a lack of preparation. <laughs> Okay, so church. Everybody's doing church online, of course, or they were at one point. Um, but churches who, even after a vaccine is widely available and everybody's totally permitted and fine to get back together, churches who've transitioned to being mostly online communities that have a physical space where people can come, but like that's not what they're about. Um, they will survive, and the rest of us will putter out even faster than at the normal rate than they had been already (laughs) see this is an interesting prophecy um as far as i'm concerned i i think i agree with you 100 percent. i think certain communities of faith that are in fact communities of faith uh are going to be okay those that kind of now I, i don't know if i would say thrive there might be a thriving of certain types of churches in <coughs> five or ten years. Um, those that adjust, but I, I don't think, uh, but I do think you're right. That there's going to be a severe and serious puttering <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that begins to happen. Do you have any, like, do you have any thoughts about the the theater churches like the I don't mean like churches that meet in movie theaters I mean like the churches oh, that I that's what you meant. <laughs> no like the churches that it is a theatrical production like the the primary thing they do is theater is yeah. kind of a show yeah, that yeah. people go to once a week um, what, what category well it depends I again think that if if they've transitioned in 2020 to making a really fancy YouTube show, which means it's different than their what their church service was. Yeah. Um, and that they've now become like that's their primary identity and then they maybe have this show that they put on Sunday mornings too, but their primary identity is this online thing, then they'll survive. Yeah. Uh, if their primary identity is hold on until we can get back to our big show then they'll die. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I I think and here's here's what I this isn't what I think will happen. This is what I see churches beginning to do. Um many of them are switching more to the let's make our YouTube show really strong and it will actually be a live broadcast of the the theatrical production on Sunday morning. So they're actually gathering people, those who will come uh, to watch the show live in person 
while they broadcast the show live elsewhere. Um, yeah, as long I, as those people aren't what it's about. If they're just your yeah. studio audience, I think that's the thing. For I, I your think big that's, show, then, yeah. then I think they'll the shift that has to be made is the late night, um, the, the the late night show shift. That's why the late right. night shows kind of thrived in this time. Like they did do really great. They couldn't meet in person. They couldn't have their um, their their typical workflow, and so they moved to home. But they kept doing the show. They kept the the personalities, kept it alive. Um, they just kind of rode rode the wave. And now that they're opening back up and they're able to have studio audiences a little bit again, it's kind of like they didn't miss a beat. And I think you're right that the church had a dated approach to its main export. Um, and those that are continuing to refuse to adjust to that. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's gonna bode very well for them. I don't. I'm not wishing that, but I think you're right. All right, let's hear number three. Prophecy number three. I hereby declare and prophesy. Drew Barrymore will be canceled. <laughs> we will discover <laughs> in 2021. <laughs> That she was operating a sweatshop out of her Hawaii home while shooting E.T. <laughs> as a, whatever, six or seven year old child star. And we'll have to erase her from our lives completely. That's a bold, that's a bold claim. I couldn't Not tell. Not that Drew Barrymore will be canceled. That is possible. It's, it's that it's coming from the E.T. era. That's what, I, that's... Yeah. 50 yeah, I mean, first dates, maybe, but my goodness, E.T. That's the part that that's really surprised wild. me, too, whenever the Lord yeah. revealed this to me. Was, <laughs> right. I was like, are you sure it was from back then? Um, and also, I, I felt like I, w- I was seeing a few faces. Um, I was thinking that it was either going to be Tom Hanks or Oprah or Chris Pratt. There were several, several beloved, beloved, The Rock beloved celebrities that we just thought would never do us wrong um but i'm i'm certain now it was drew barrymore operating a sweatshop et era she canceled okay well so here's what we're gonna do in the new year at at the end of 2021 or the beginning of 2022 whatever it is we're gonna have a follow-up episode yeah um, <clears throat> Jennifer, I hope you're still around. And we're gonna score. We're gonna see who who's the better prophet. Yeah. So um, like, we'll just say if it if it turns out to be like one of the celebrities that you named that it could have been Tom Hanks, The Rock, whoever, you get a half a point. Okay. For that, or if it's Drew Carey, I yeah. would also give you half a point for that. That's. That's fair. I like this. I like these rules. And you know, it's it's kind of interesting, the whole cancel culture thing. This past year was really, really interesting on that front. Like, I mean, Ellen DeGeneres nearly right. canceled. Like, she would have been someone that I, as I'm like jokingly trying to come up with names of just the, the celebrities that we love the most, the people that we have the least controversy, the least problems with, the people that just we turn to for encouragement and kindness and wonderful 
Ellen was one of those people. In the top, um, yeah. Yeah, right. and James Corden also was yeah. uh, on the verge of like, and I'm just, it was an interesting thing. I would even say Kevin Hart, uh, but that was maybe two years ago. But even Kevin Hart was I don't somebody that the Kevin Hart controversy. Uh, his uh, homophobic tweets. He had a joke oh, okay, about okay. what he would do if his son, um, which <laughs> I don't want to get canceled myself for this. Uh, but a he's a comedian. B the thing that really stood out to me about that is that he said that something to the effect of if his son told him that he was gay that he would you know bash him over the head with a dollhouse or something i don't know it was some silly thing it very much in poor taste not even really funny whatever um the thing that's interesting about cancel culture and the the ways that we kind of get up in arms about things everyone was upset about the homophobia and not about the violence <laughs> <laughs> like how about if he suggests at all that he's going to bash his kid over the head with a dollhouse how about that be the thing that we're first and foremost upset it was like then let's get to why <laughs> but first what Fair. what you're gonna do what as a punishment <laughs> um ha double standards um <laughs> Yeah, that's my uh, so that was prediction number three, Drew Barrymore. All right, number four. She gone. <clears throat> this is an easy point. I I predict the that the United Methodist Church will finally split over, um, you know, ordination of LGBTQ persons. Interesting. Will it's, they? Be I mean, the it's f- not even. It's it's a foregone conclusion, pretty much. The Episcopalian, like the the United Methodist Church, is the last mainline denomination, like major mainline Protestant denomination, to do this. The Episcopalians did it years ago in two thousand eight. Uh, the Lutherans followed suit right after that. The Presbyterians, I think they had their um, their debate over this, like five or six years ago, but they had already split over other stuff like in the 70s, so it was easy. Um, So it's just the United Methodists. They're the only ones, and they had... So the way that the Methodists work, every four years uh, on the cycle of presidential elections, they have um, a general conference where they, you know, vote on big issues. But in 2019... um, there was like a really a highly organized movement of conservatives in the denomination and they pushed and somehow got a special call to general conference okay um where they doubled down on like on ordin- against ordination of lgbtq persons and against marriages same sex marriages being performed and like a real witch hunt of anybody trying to get away with doing weddings um, yeah. for gay couples or whatever. Um, so that was a, a huge thing. And then there was supposed to be a the normal conference in 2020 um, where like that was going to get challenged. That ruling was going to get challenged and that got canceled, of course. 
And so over the last, this whole year, everybody's been fighting, and it looks like the denomination is just going to split like it's everybody just else. Split. Do you, are you at liberty to say where, uh, which direction your church will go? <clears throat> well, it's unclear what's going to happen. What yeah. seems like is going to happen is that um, the... For any new listeners, Joe is not the pastor of his church. This yeah, no, I'm just... an employee of a, of a larger organization. Um, it seems like that sort of the middle of the road will keep... Um, the name United Methodist and keep all of their stuff basically. And the individual churches or individual conferences or something within that will get, will have some choices about this stuff. Uh, and then there's going to be probably a conservative branch off the people who the, the Wesley covenant association who kind of pushed through this um, will split off and also there's a a denomination that's already forming called the um, Methodist Liberation Connection, which is going to be a really progressive and liberationist branch. Hmm. Uh, so it seems like there's going to be a three-way split. And I okay. guess, I mean, if like, so that's still up in the air. Will that happen? And if it does happen, I think it's, going to be an interesting conversation at my church about whether we just stay in the denomination or if we go with the progressive yeah. um, branch. I think that would make a lot more sense for us. Like theologically, it would be where we fit, but it's yeah. a matter of resources. and Yeah, it's always a little more complicated you know. than that. Yeah. Huh. That is an interesting prophecy um, that I, I kind of... Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it played out because, as you say, um, now this is all, I, I don't know this stuff super well. Um, I'm just going to speak from my perspective as someone who was, um, who has been employed by and was kind of raised up in very fundamentalist conservative uh, churches. To me, the list of denominations that you gave that have already made these changes. Uh, that kind of led the way, the uh, Episcopalians, uh, and then the Lutherans, and then the Presbyterians, and now the Methodists. The Methodists, to me, are the closest thing to a connection point between my church's evangelicals and the... Is that something that is is kind of widely accepted is that how everybody sees it or is that just because that's how yeah, I yeah I, I felt like right. they were closer to us um the thing is it's a very American denomination yeah um I mean it's a global United Methodism is a global church but it really has American roots in ways that the others don't and so I think that makes it more culturally connected to evangelicalism than Gotcha. Other, uh, mainly yeah. That being said, it also is the hardest dom- denomination for me to to nail down. Like I, I can't pick out any particular tenets that I would say. Like I know for a fact if I I know if I go to an Episcopal church, I know there are certain things that are going to happen there. 
I know if I go to a Lutheran church, there are certain things I can expect and anticipate. Yeah. I know even a Presbyterian church, which is a little closer to the connection point as well. They're a little more evangelical sometimes. Um, I know they're going to be real old. <laughs> <laughs> at least. Um, real old and real wealthy for the most part um methodist i uh, is is a is a title that i now like i would just have to say what's it going to be like if you tent. walk into a methodist church i would say i have no clue it could yeah, look it's exactly like what i've always been up in grown up in it could look like an episcopal church or or even almost like a catholic church I, i've i've seen it um go both ways so that to yeah, me I'm, sure. I'm saying all that to say it would be I guess it's encouraging to see it kind of busted up in that way and to see like a a um, a denominate a mainline massive denomination that is that has ties to actual like American evangelicalism seeing that happen I would think could lead to I don't know, some greater freedom uh, or at least some less bigotry. <laughs> I mean, people should believe what yeah. they believe. They should trust what they trust. They should, you know, it, you should you should follow your convictions. But also um, when your convictions lead you to, I don't know, being mean Be to people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like maybe you should reconsider where those convictions actually come from. Interesting. Well, let me uh, let me piggyback on that uh, a bit with my next prophecy. All right, what are we on here? Number five. The Number episode five. episodes. Yeah, the fifth prophecy of the episode. I predict this is probably one of my more sincere. I predict a movement of depolarization in 2021. I actually think that a big, big swath of people are going to start calming down. Um, I think partially because of the, you know, the election's over. Um, But I do, and and this isn't just about election things. I think this is about everything. I think people got really tired of being pitted against each other in 2020. I think we, it's like we really, really overdosed on something that we had been playing around with for a while um like true polarization like true black and white politics true black and white science and faith issues true like um and the media and politicians and i think they pushed it so far um that there's now a large group of educated kind decent people who are seeing behind the curtain and are going to start saying, you know what? I think this is stupid. Um, I think it's stupid that we're fighting over these things now. Um, I think it's stupid that I have been manipulated to uh, do what those people wanted me to do. I think it's stupid that these special interest groups have controlled my behavior and actually gotten their way into my relationships and family. Um, so I'm not saying that the entire world will be depolarized. I'm not saying, but I think Brexit, Trump era politics, um, COVID-19, all of it polarized so hard that there is going to be a movement of people who are just like, can we please just get along? 
um, yeah, a flower yeah, power I thought, kind of thing. I, I I genuinely believe there's going to be a flower power kind of moment. I hope that's right. I I thought at one time in 2020, <laughs> I thought that Trump would lose the election and it would. Re- I mean, like this is not some big revelation I had. Everybody but this that it would result in a civil war of some sort. Um, yeah. Because he would like, you know, pull, he he would mobilize kind of militia type people, right? Um, and Gwendolyn the whole time was like, "No, I hear you, but Americans are just too lazy for that. Like, we got to go to work on Monday. We don't have time yeah. to be fighting in a civil war. <laughs> uh, we don't have the energy for that." And yeah, I like we we <laughs> we spent a lot of energy on polarization in the last. In yeah. a couple of years. Well, do you think, do you think what I'm saying is true? Do you think people are starting to see how we're starting to see behind the curtain of like, oh, we weren't deciding to be polarized. They were polarizing us. Some yeah. big brother force was polarizing us because that was beneficial to them. I go back and forth about this. I think that there's something inherently polarizing about the two party system um like it you think it's because it, it has two poles <laughs> <laughs> you think yeah. the two party <laughs> like in order to get elected you have to pander to your base which means going more one way like yeah. going more the way of your of of the poll right yeah. um and i think it just like inherently makes it go that way even like maybe there's a movement in in history maybe there's a trajectory in like the history of the united states um that will continue to be polarizing just for that reason you hear all the time like and i'm i feel like i'm a little bit too young you know i've only been i'm 35 now um so you know i've only been a voter for half my life like um and you know for for 18 years or whatever um 17 years and it's like you hear every every election cycle or whatever i hear people say we've never been so polar you know it used to be um there was people would get along and we've never been so polarized and we've never been so divided. Um, and I wonder if that's just like a thing that we say every four years yeah. <laughs> that doesn't, that's not actually true. Or if it really is the case that there's a trajectory towards something, um, you know, I don't know. See, I, th- I hear people say that and I think the opposite is true. I actually think that depolarization has been happening for a long time. I actually think that we we think we're more divided than ever before. We think we're but because of, you know, basic basic melting pot kinds of things, urbanization and all like I think we've all been moving towards unity even while like saying but I'm still opposed to Democrats. I'm still opposed to Republicans. We've been slowly realizing, like, oh, uh, it's not actually. 
they're not actually baby murderers and they're not actually all <laughs> racists. Like, I no. think we have been, I think the information age, I think everything has been sort of, it's been pulling back the curtain. Now, the the loudest, this is, let me just be mean for a second. The loudest and dumbest people are still, they still believe that anybody whose beliefs are different than theirs are idiots. But I think the, the I think most people. <laughs> Jennifer's taking a beating this episode. <laughs> you know what you did. Um, I think most people know better. They may not know what to do with it yet, but they I think they know better. I think they're like, yeah, yeah, maybe people who believe differently than me. See, I'm starting to realize, and, and I, some of us just you know, coming, becoming clear to me, like, let's talk COVID-19 vaccination for a second. It's, it's sort of polarized at the moment. It would seem that all experts, scientists, doctors, nurses, medical professionals, it would seem that most of them are saying, yeah, this is the best thing that could possibly happen. This is what we've all been waiting for. This is how we get back to life as, as usual. You have a lot of other people who are saying, yeah, but I'm skeptical about it. Um, I'm afraid of it. I, you know, read this article, this blog post, this other expert, this other kind of physician. I think what I'm starting to see is everybody's just sort of choosing which thing to believe. Like you're choosing, I'm either team Dr. Fauci or I'm team somebody else, you know, uh, I can't think of her name right now. It, was, it wasn't Carmen Electra. It was who was the anti anti vaxxer that Jenny, Jenny McCarthy. Oh, <laughs> like, I'm Team Doctor Fauci or I'm Team Jenny McCarthy. I think what what I hope begins to happen is people start to realize, oh, I just picked one. I just picked one. I don't know. What the hell do I know? I don't know right. how this stuff right. works. I don't know what goes in a vaccine and whether it's good for me or not. I don't know if, if aluminum causes breast cancer or Alzheimer's. I don't know. I'm just deciding which thing to believe. Um, that's what I think. That's what I hope and, and believe is, is going to start happening for more and more people. They're going to start realizing like, oh, I believe what I believe because I chose to believe it, not because it's right. Yeah. Well, and, and like, you know, social media it makes us in some ways feel more polarized because before I didn't know all of my uncle's political views. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they weren't out there all the time <laughs> just on, on his billboard. But then it also, it, you're also like actually reading people's political views. And like, you know, even if you're fuming the whole time, you're you, there is some sense of we're engaging with it more, maybe. Right. Um, even as even as it feels polarizing, maybe it's also like we're also becoming more informed and having some kind of conversation. Yeah. Well, maybe. My, I, well I, I have enough. Like, maybe it was maybe it was a a rub early when you started like actually being able to see everybody's political views on their sleeves. It, it was a rub for a while. And now for me, it's becoming useful. Like I was polarized. 
I was a, a, a soldier for one side of, of every issue. And then I started seeing other people's side, other people on the, on the other side of the issue. And now I'm kind of like, you know, I, I would say five or six years ago, I probably would have been 100% team vaccinate everybody require it. Like that's just the best thing. And now I'm kind of like, do I think that's what's best for public health and for the elimination of the virus? Yes. Do I want the government to tell me that I have to get a vaccine, that I have to get a shot in order to go to work? No, I don't like that. So, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm actually now I've, ex I've embraced the conflict into my own, like kind of said, Oh, here's what the conservatives here's, here's the heart of the conservative argument here that I can agree with. Now I don't agree with their evidence about it. And I think, you know, scientists should make these decisions. At the end of the day, I think that's the way I decided to embrace it, is to kind of say, like, I don't know, Dr. Fauci's a doctor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Bill Gates is basically an epidemiologist and maybe the smartest person to, to live in the last hundred years. And those people say, this is what's best. And I'm just like, well, you know better than me. Um, <laughs> but But I do, I can at least see, because of my you know, very conservative, even libertarian gun toting friends on the other side, I can kind of see their perspective of like, yeah, but do you want the government to decide what shots you have to take? I'm like, no, I don't pass me a weapon. Like <laughs> you can, it's been, yeah. it was polarizing at first and now it's becoming useful to me. It's, it's, it's making me more open to saying like, well, maybe, maybe some people, arrive at a conclusion that's different than my conclusion for an honest and decent reason yeah. i guess that's what i prophesy depolarization or at least a movement that fights for depolarization and i also think that that is that's why i voted for for joe biden it was not very policy heavy it wasn't a really very policy heavy election anyways i don't know that anybody <laughs> it just there just wasn't much right. policy involved yeah. i genuinely felt like what what joe biden wanted to do or what that administration wanted to do and what it represented more than anything was come on man <laughs> you know I, mean? <laughs> I, think, I think that's what did it for me like hearing trump say something that's clearly meant to infuriate and divide and then biden say come on man it was like that's my America right there. <laughs> the future of America is come on, man. <laughs> uh, that's the title of the episode. <laughs> All right, number six. We we've been talking for like two hours. We gotta <laughs> number six. We're forty-five. I predict. In. I prophesy that the like eleven black members of the Southern Baptist Convention will all leave and mm. that Al Mohler will be elected president of that denomination anyway and that the SBC will be largely unfazed by any of this. Interesting. I don't know much about that. So Okay, so there was um, in sometime this month uh, all of the, the six presidents of the Southern Baptist seminaries. Um, <laughs> like, okay, so this is a denomination we all know that has hella racist roots. Um, 
But we thought they were trying, you know. They they elected a black president of the SBC uh, in the last cycle, and yeah. they it seems like they've been trying. Well, <laughs> this month, um, all of the presidents of the Southern Baptist seminaries, all white guys, of course, um, wrote a, a joint statement condemning critical race theory. <laughs> because why not? And so, you know, of the 14 million members of the Southern Baptist Church, like 10 or 12 of them are black, and they all got real pissed, <laughs> um, hmm. obviously. And so the the big controversy surrounding this, aside from the, like, aside from that, was Al Mohler was sort of slated to become the next president of the SBC. Um, everybody assumed that was going to happen in 2020 at their conference, and that, of course, got canceled. So that's fine. He'll pick it up 2021. And then this big controversy came out, and now it's like, well, well what's going to happen with Mueller? Because he was part of the statement. Um, but I think... They're not going to care. Southern Baptists yeah. are not going to care. All the black members are going to leave, and they're going to be like, oh, well. And they're going to vote for Al Mohler anyway, and it's not going to matter to them, yeah. mostly. <laughs> Interesting. This is uh, – man, you you see 2021 as a very big year for denominations. Um, yeah. Yeah. Or a very Methodist bad year split. for denominations. Yeah. Southern Baptists stay together. <laughs> yeah. Stay together and uh, and wave their true flag. <laughs> <laughs> That's not fair. There are very good Southern Baptist people out there who don't know any of this is going on, and their lives will be unaffected by any of it. Well, that's exactly Pretty it. Much. That's <laughs> like I I don't know. I haven't asked my parents. Uh, still go to a Southern Baptist church, different one than the one that I grew up in. I'm gonna bet that they've never even heard of this. Yeah, uh, they don't know what's going on. They have no idea. Yeah. Um well let's uh let's try to get through this one I don't know, let's say what we have to say. It's our podcast, right? right. If you want to fast forward through this part, you go for it. You wanna go back and listen to previous episodes where we're actually talking about Bible and Jesus and all that stuff. Um I prophesy that Donald J. Trump Senior will disappear. It will soon like, be actually as, disappear, as, like as though like, he never was. I mean, but are you talking about like a supernatural kind of thing, or just like Ooh. we just won't hear from him anymore? Like, like swept he'll be more go and yeah. Like, is it gonna be like he's gone? Like, like that'll be a news story. Like, where is Donald Trump? Man, that would be kind of cool if he if he pulled a Tupac Shakur. You know um, what? We'll give you a point either way. Okay, awesome, awesome. But I, I predict the more the more pragmatic side of my actual prediction here is that Republicans are going to begin soon enough um, once it's once the nail is in the coffin, once inauguration happens, they will begin to pretend that he never existed or that oh, they yeah, never supported sure. him um, yeah. while he yeah. did. Uh, that's and then more importantly than that, because who cares? Politicians, whatever. Um, Christians will do the same thing. 
Yeah, they will that's begin to pretend like that never happened, and that's not right. a thing they did, not a thing they supported, not a thing they were a part of. I predict he will disappear in that way. See, I think that I, I think it would be really interesting to see. I mean, I think that's largely right. Um, I do think that he'll end well, of up as some right. kind it's of a pundit. The Lord. Um, <laughs> right. I think that he'll end up as some kind of a pundit, like for. Breitbart, or maybe he'll make up with Fox News, and you know who knows. Um, but he see, I wondered that. I just don't think so. But go ahead. You don't. Go ahead. You don't think he he will become a pundit of some sort? I just think that because he's like, well, I don't know. He might be too tired. He might just like want to. That's true. He he might be. Chill. And he might have to embrace, you know, a, a narcissist. It's a hard thing for a narcissist to face facts. Um, it, it might it might kill him. Um, is it, the reason I say no to the pundit theory is as idiotic and st- and stupid and ridiculous as Hannity or it, it, Tucker or any, any of these people are. They're also pretty smart and pretty quick on their feet and you know they they have a narrative style they have they are journalists uh at least in theory (laughs) trump doesn't possess that he's not if he's not the president you're not going to sit and listen to him talk for an hour like even fox (laughs) news started tuning him out started like hanging up on him on the air like that kind (laughs) of i just don't think he possesses the rhetorical skills that a Hannity does, or that I guess that's what it is. It's more well. I just actual don't think communication. That he has the he's never going to be able to admit publicly that he lost. Yeah. So you know, he's obviously like I, I think he's more or less given up on his attempts to to take the election. Um, but he'll still be screaming about it as he quietly like as he. As he walks out of the White House on January 20th, he'll still be screaming about how he won. Um, and so I just imagine, like, he'll have... I, I imagine some public face not disappearing. But I do think you're right that the the Republican Party is obviously only interested in power. I would be... I'm really interested to see whether... Um, like, if he does something that, that evangelicals don't care for at some time in the future if they will start to criticize him on moral that's grounds. Interesting. Yeah, that, that's uh, interesting. Once he doesn't have power, then it's like, yeah. oh, we're super good with with moral critique. If we're, um, and I wonder, I, I wonder what the future of the Republican Party looks like from here because I I think they have a choice to either double down on some version of, of Trump politics, um, some, some version of uh, white nationalist, whatever, pseudo-evangelical, or to go more the direction of, let's be young and cool, let's, let's go, let's do a Paul Ryan, Marco Rubio, something like that kind of thing. I, I don't um, think evangelicals have any kind of um, thoughts about that. I think they're only interested in whoever happens to be closest to the seat of power. 
That's interesting. <laughs> I don't think they well, that, care. Well, but the question for me is not what evangelicals think about it. It's it's what does the Republican oh, well, Party strategy Republican going party to be? Do. Yeah. What what will be yeah. the strategy of the RNC? Um, yeah. From here, be do we do we double down on? You know, do we say, hey, this whole Trump thing would have worked if he was a little less of a loose cannon, if we could get somebody who was divisive in all the ways that Trump was divisive, but also could pull it back when we needed him to? Um, Or do they say, let's find somebody a little more respectable (laughs) and and maybe a little more cool, like let's go younger and cooler and see if we can get some of these younger voters to turn um that's mine but i predict trump will disappear and christians and particularly republican christians will pretend that he never existed or that they had ever supported him even though 81 percent of them of white evangelicals did vote for them 10 years from now you'll never know that was the case (laughs) all right number eight is that what we're on yep i predict that Taylor Swift will come out as a witch and that we will have a cultural conversation about Wicca. Interesting. Interesting. Her music video, uh, Willow, was like real witchy. Yeah. Yeah. She had like, there was like a little, did you see the, you know, video I'm talking about? No. No, I, for, so I'm going to do my best not to, not to rail on how bad for music i think taylor swift is <laughs> i love taylor swift so much um okay so music video that was like real witchy uh okay. had like looked like a coven uh meeting and and then she kind of was stoking some of the speculation about that on twitter um so i think eventually and she'll do it she'll like do it real cool right yeah she'll be like she'll wait six months from now and somebody will mention it on like jimmy kimmel will mention it she'll be like oh yeah of course i'm i've been wicked for 12 years whatever interesting Um, and then you know we'll have a it'll spark a conversation culturally is um is lana del rey wiccan i don't know do you know lana del rey nope um is adele Adele? I do not know if Adele is Wiccan. I don't. Or, do we have any reason to believe that Adele or is Wiccan? Lord, I just can't imagine Taylor doing anything without f- ripping off one of these people first. <laughs> um, I can't imagine her coming out as Wiccan if Lana Del Rey doesn't first, um, and then her coming out and pretending like it was her idea, uh, and like she converted her to it. All right, <laughs> I I have a feeling that. This conversation is about to get real heated. <laughs> we have speaking of depolarization. No, no, no. Taylor Taylor Swift is great for people who I love Taylor Swift. Don't actually like music, but like to tell people they do. <laughs> um, like to think they do. You know, people who like listen to the radio. <laughs> like I don't know what I want to listen to. We'll just I'll let I'll let money tell me who to listen to today. Um, I watched the, my wife turned it off the other day. She has like some kind of documentary on Disney plus, and we put it on about the making of her most recent album. And 
my wife turned it off like 10 minutes in. She was like, are you going to do this the whole time? (laughs) 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 Are you going to rip apart every single thing? Um, Yeah. But there was one particular like really funny thing that I thought happened out of it. That's not really like polarizing or mean as much as it was just funny to me. Um, She did a, a collaboration with Justin Vernon, um, uh, also known as uh, Bon Iver or Bon Iver, B-O-N-I-V-E-R, like the singer-songwriter from Michigan um, or Wisconsin or somewhere up there. They're all the same to me. Um, he's like this really cool indie songwriter, um, producer, like probably somebody who's going to have some real staying power that I could see you know, scoring movies in 20 years, a, a similar trajectory to like a the the nine inch nails guy who now has several oscars for scoring the social network and all uh his name will come to me in just a second but anyways um so she did this collaboration with him and she like in all sincerity or at least appear apparent sincerity she's like i just can't believe that justin was willing to work with me on this project this little project i was doing in my own home studio (laughs) Like the whole trying to play like, like she didn't think that Justin Vernon would know who she was. She's like, I just couldn't believe he took the call, and then that he was willing to sing on this record, <laughs> like as pop as popular and incredible as an artist is. Uh, I think Justin Vernon is him doing a collaboration with you probably just quadrupled uh, his influence. <laughs> <laughs> and, and opportunity right. it was just a really fun moment for me to to watch her truly trying to play this out um wiccan i sure hope so i hope she finds something to live for <laughs> anyway, life's been life's been hard on her i'm sorry i brought this up i didn't know this was going to be so triggering for you <laughs> we haven't talked about t swifty i guess <laughs> nope but it's I predict in 2021, you and I are going to talk about Taylor Swift a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, my number... All right, so number nine, prophecy number nine. Um, I predict, I, pro- I prophesy. <sighs> Daniel and Johnny will have an epic fight that ends with Johnny holding Daniel's head back by his hair about to drive his nose bone into his brain with the palm of his other hand and then he'll relent and decide to and actually honk join his nose. forces and honk his nose and he'll, he'll honk his nose relent and decide to actually join forces with Miyagi-Do to take down Cobra Kai okay do you think this is where it's headed well I mean you saw the the preview, right? I didn't watch it. I saw I that you sent it to you. me, and I never, I never watched. I it. I don't believe you. They do. In, I genuinely in the preview, didn't watch it. In the preview, they do reveal that, or it, they allude, yeah, that Johnny and Daniel join forces to take down Cobra Kai, and that uh, what's his name takes over Cobra Kai. Um, yeah, Sensei. Uh, wrinkles crease crease yeah well i just thought it i mean it was headed that way anyways 
You don't sure. have to see the trailer if you saw the end of season two. Sure. Um, I just felt like it was Johnny is not happy with what Priest is doing, and he like kicked him out of his own dojo. Right. And I think the narrative arc of Cobra Kai, spoiler alert, has been Johnny's not such a bad guy after all. I think that's right. really what right. the whole first two seasons were about. He's a bad guy that we find ourselves rooting for and slowly discovering, like, oh, he's not even rooting for his own bad parts. He's trying to be a decent guy. And Daniel sucks. Daniel sucks so bad. He Our, he did even in the originals, though. Like, yeah. That's what's been good about this show is, like, they they took the good guy, bad guy narrative and, like, tried to play with it but keep the... yeah. I I think that's good. I think it it makes so much sense for them to do the uh, the nose hunk. Yeah, uh, meme. that's got to happen. <laughs> that, that's a great prediction. That's an episode that I mean, if, if you if you, you know there's an episode for that even now. Before I the didn't watch the trailer. Yeah, nice. you should watch it. All right, I will now. All right, number ten. This is our last prediction. I think I predict. I prophesy that this will be our last one. Um, Beth Moore will mm. get herself farewelled um, because she tweet. You saw the tweet about Trump. I didn't. A couple of weeks ago, Beth Moore tweeted. Um, I have it written down here. So this is the tweet. I do not believe these are days for mincing words. I'm 63 and a half years old, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I didn't know people kept counting their half birthdays after they turned like nine. <laughs> I'm 63 and a half years old, and I've never seen anything in these United States of America I found more astonishingly seductive and dangerous to the saints of God than Trumpism. This Christian wow. nationalism is not of God. Move back from it. That's Beth Moore. Um, wow the yeah evangelical like queen of evangelical right. yeah yeah scholarship um so of course you know that was a firestorm um and i think that she'll i you know i have no idea what her political persuasion is normally i assume very conservative but i think she'll feel the um like the heat of the controversy and be like, yeah, let me get on some of that some more. And I think she'll say, I think we'll see more from Beth Moore, more controversial stuff from Beth Moore, which of course in evangelicalism just means it'll be farewell Beth Moore. And yeah. then she'll make a mint on her next book. Interesting. Yeah. I, I had no idea. And you're right. Like she is a, um, she spans all denominations. She's like, there's very few names that are, you know, for a listener who doesn't know Beth Moore, but I can't imagine who that would be. Um, I mean, I would say maybe Charles or Andy Stanley are the level of like just people that no matter if you call yourself a Christian, you're mostly cool with what that with what Beth Moore says um, to see someone like that take that position. You know, it's very interesting, though, on that front. Andy Stanley did a was in a message series leading up to Christmas that basically the 
the narrative of it was a uh, the good news isn't good enough. He was saying, I think he might have been, might have been listening to the early episodes of the Crisis of Faith podcast. He was saying things that I've never <laughs> heard a truly huh. like conservative um, preacher say that hey the the version of the gospel that we preach this angry god whatever um and then he also got into a little bit of like trump politics and how this this has divided us in a way and we've just played out our most our angriest parts um and then also someone who i'm guessing most listeners wouldn't know unless they're from a um charismatic background jensen franklin is that a name you're familiar with at all vaguely Okay, well, I, he I know was, who he is. He was a big time Trump supporter. Um, he is the he's basically you know Jerry Falwell and Franklin Graham's um, uh, proxy to charismatic people. Like he's yeah. the guy that yeah. communicates okay. to uh, the charismatics of, on their behalf. Um, he speaks in tongues to <laughs> us, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that we can understand. Um, and uh, I mean, he was like buddy, buddy with Trump, big time fan. And he, uh, leading up to the end of the year, s- preached several sermons on basically like basically depolarization and basically how like we should be nicer to people on both sides of the aisle. And we should. So y- interesting that you're seeing someone like Beth Moore be so upfront about it, but also seeing some of these other really mainline people already starting to distance themselves a little bit from. Okay. So I didn't know that. And maybe like, um, maybe that means I'm just looking here. Beth Moore has almost a million followers on Twitter. 980,000 Twitter followers. Um, so maybe I'm, I always said Beth Moore's going to get farewelled like Rob yeah. Bell, and then she's going to make a lot of money. But maybe this is just like the thing that you predicted earlier that that about evangelicals that we just have to this. start pretending right away. Like, and this is we're just seeing it. That's yeah, yeah. That's I. I wonder, I wonder, and I don't know what I want to happen. I mean, I want Christians to be more Christ-like. But I also would like for them to repent. <laughs> I also yeah, would like well, for us I think to that's own. the only thing that's not going to happen. Either, <laughs> either much, all ahead. evangelicals are going to pretend that the, the whole Trump era never happened, or somebody somebody is going to step out of line, like Beth Moore. Yeah, I predicted might be that person, and we'll get just smacked down. Right? She'll she'll get fair yeah. She'll be out of there. Either way evangelicalism as a movement is not going to get out of bed with whoever is in part in power in the Republican party. That's true. That's true. I guess, you know, the thing that I'm, the thing that I'm frustrated about is, Hey, Bethy. Um, Hey, Jensi, where were you in 2016? (laughs) Right. This is the problem I have. This is where I'm like, good for you guys. Glad you're owning it now. Glad. Where were you then when it mattered? That's a fair question. Because now it doesn't matter. Now right. it's it's over. He lost. He's not your guy anymore. Are you going to be willing to call it out on the next guy? And I, 
or girl. <laughs> Sorry. That's uh, uh it won't be a girl in the Republican Party. Um Yeah. That's fair. That question. that that bothers me. That bothers me. You're right cuz that that tweet was from December 13th. Uh so that I mean election it's, over. it's called Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Um but, you know, I guess it's it's a little better than now I see I, I see a lot of these now. I'm guessing maybe Pittsburgh has a few less of them. Um but Confederate flags and Trump flags kind of flying next oh, to each other. Yeah. There's a lot of them if we kind of drive through the the county out here that we'll see them flying together. And now I'm just kind of like, and this sounds like a joke. It is a joke. It's kind of a bust, but it's like, man, y'all got a real loser complex, huh? Like, <laughs> it's, I think they think they're flying underdog flags. Like, the, we're the underdogs. Like, yeah, Trump's not an underdog. Uh, he's a bully <laughs> who got shut down. The Confederacy, not the underdogs, bullies <laughs> who got shut down, lasted, had, had a shorter lived career than the Spice Girls, um, and then got I shut down. I thought you were going to say of I, the Confederate flag and the Trump flag together that that they were a bit redundant. <laughs> oh, well, absolutely. Of course, they mean exactly the same thing at this point. I mean, before yeah. the election, maybe they meant a little something different. I think a flag is... I'm not even, you know, hyper patriotic, but I think a flag for a presidential candidate is is ludicrous. I think that's very <laughs> yeah. I think it's it's disrespectful to anyone who serves in the military who like I don't understand how that's how those people stand together. It's the same thing like I feel the same way about like the Blue Lives Matter flags where they like took the American flag and made it black and blue. Which (laughs) the conversation is about police brutality and you decided to make it black and blue. I I wish I was at that. I wish I was at that meeting. Um, But these people who call themselves patriots, like they think of themselves as the most patriotic in society, flying Confederate flags. It's like, well, you know, the Confederacy was not patriotic. It was anti-patriotic flying Blue Lives Matter. It was like, you know, that's an actual like military personnel like would consider it very disrespectful to yeah. parody the flag. You can't change the colors of the flag, not to mention black and blue. Come on. <laughs> How has nobody ever talked about that? Am I the first person who said that? I, you know, I no one else even ever. attention to that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this so that's was, 2021. Uh, that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Now you, you know. To, here's your trailer for 2021. You don't even need to. <laughs> you don't even watch the whole episode now. Uh, you know what's coming. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe. If you're listening on iTunes, throw us a review. Those are super helpful to us. And uh, we'd love to see you on our social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram, and uh, we'd love for you to go to crisisoffaithpodcast.com to let us know about your own crisis of faith. Let us know about the things that you may be struggling with, the questions that you have, the things that you are angry about, Um, and we would love to have that conversation with you, even on the air. We'd like to talk about the things that you want us to talk about, and I think in early 2021, me and and Joe, (laughs) you're the Joe, (laughs) and I'm the Drew, uh, we're going to be talking about a little bit of that S-E-X and all that it has to...
all that church has done to make the world a little sexier. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm done. I'm stopping. Deuces. Preacher, what's the future? I can't handle any more surprises. After a year of crisis, man-eating tigers, and oh yeah, that thing about the virus. Use your powers to tell me what can I expect I need a better year if it's not gonna be fair Can I at least get some time to prepare